about Jesus what a wonderful hour I'm so glad that I found out he would bring me out through his saving power thank God I am free 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 from this world of sin washed in the blood of Jesus I've been born again. Hallelujah, I'm saved, saved, saved by his wonderful grace. I'm so glad that I found out he would bring me out and show me the way. Like a bird out of prison that's taken his flight like a blind man that God gave back his sight like a poor wretched beggar finding fortune and fame I'm so glad that I found out he would bring me out Show me the way. Thank God I am free, free, free from this world of sin. Washed in the blood of Jesus, I've been born again. Hallelujah, I'm saved, saved, saved by his wonderful grace. I'm so glad that I found out he would bring me out and show me the way. Okay, uh, it is so good again to be a part of your afternoon or evening or morning or whatever time you may be participating in this virtual service. But we would like you to take time to type in your prayer request. And if you have an anonymous request or a personal need, please just say unspoken request. For the Lord already knows before we even ask. But if you wish to make your request known, please type into the timeline of today's program and you will be included in the prayers. We do want to lift up prayers today for Trish Weaver. As you know, she, for a long, long time, stood in the place where Miss D is standing today and has led many of our services through virtual means of ASL for the hearing impaired. And a few months ago, a couple of months ago, Trish had a stroke and it affected severely one side of her body. 
and they have determined it is a problem with her heart that caused the stroke. She is improving at this time and will, in the next couple of days, have a device placed into her chest that will monitor her heart and try to deal with the AFib that is going on in her heart. So please remember Trish, she's been a very important part of our Shades of Grace ministry. Also remember another one of our persons who is in the hearing impaired community, that is Kelly, who will be having shoulder surgery this coming week. And so please remember Kelly when you pray. We're so glad that in our service today, Jack Francisco is able to be with us. And we, many of you who've been at Shades for any length of time know uh, him, but you may not know that he lost his daughter, his only child, very suddenly a few days ago during this week, the latter part of this week. And so her name was Jared. She was 34 years old. She leaves behind two very small children. And so we ask you to please remember Jack and all of his extended family members, all of those who love Kelly. I'm sorry, you got to block that. It's not Kelly. Okay. Oop, I'll wave it here. And, and for all those who love Jared, and we know that you will continue to surround them in prayers in these days. There will be a service scheduled here at Shades of Grace. We do have that date, and I will announce that in a few days for you. Okay, so please remember Jack and his family today. Please remember one of our members who um, was taken to the hospital late yesterday evening. I received a phone call from the sheriff's department notifying that this lady was having a medical emergency in her automobile. And so um, through a, a lengthy process, I was able to reach someone who could um, give some information because she has no family other than herself. Please continue to pray for her. Pray for Judy. We have several Judys, actually, who need prayer. Judy Krieger, we ask you to pray for also uh, Judy Vickers, who is now in the third, been in, for three months in the Charlottesville, Virginia Medical Center. So please remember her in your prayers. Tamisha's family has a lot of requests, and her uncle, I believe, his name is Ronnie. I prayed over him this week at the hospital, and he's very gravely ill at this time. Uh, pray for Elena Grace, who underwent a heart, I believe a heart procedure or some kind of an emergency situation in Pennsylvania. So pray for Elena and Anitra. Uh, pray for Janice, who is here with us in the service today. She has two sisters who have cancer, a third sister who is awaiting a scan, and she herself is the fourth sister awaiting an MRI. So she said, please pray for my entire family. We pray for Susie Rozier, who attends worship here today. We call her uh, Cake Baking Susie. Please remember her. And then Kenneth Phillips, one of our longtime members here at Shades of Grace, has covid and he has been fully vaccinated, but he is sick at this time with COVID at home. So please remember Kenneth when you pray today. And that is so many, many names that I was asked to share with you. Every one of these were shared with permission today. And I hope now that you've had time to pray together and to list your request as well. So I'd like to invite you now to join me for a moment of prayer. Gracious and loving God, you have told us that we're two or more gather in your name, that your presence is with us. We thank you that prayer is a sincere cry of our hearts. And Lord, we do reach out to you asking for peace, for mercy, yes, for your healing touch upon each of these, whether it's physical, spiritual, mental, emotional, or whatever the need may be. Lord, bless all those who have typed in needs this afternoon and be near and dear to each one. We pray in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. There's power in prayer if you believe. He's standing right there for you. 
the problems you face. He's all that you need. There's power in prayer. He's the God that won't fail when friends let you down. So cast all your cares on him, cause I found he can take a heartache and turn it around. There's power in prayer. They sent for Jesus, your friends about to die, but tearing he's still on. Till it seemed all hope was gone And I would die And I've wondered where was he Is he still a friend of mine Then coming down the road Was Jesus right on time Just hold on my child because not too far away and he knows your need before you pray so when your feet are weary from the mountain you have climbed look ahead here comes Jesus right on time so From the mountain you have climbed, look ahead, here comes Jesus right on time. The Bible teaches us that when one part of the body suffers, the entire body suffers. And we have brothers and sisters in Christ around the world who are facing starvation, persecution, famine, and war. And so my heart is really heavy today for the people of the Ukraine, and we want to be able to bless them with uh, not only prayers, but with substance. You know, the scripture says it's not good to just see somebody in need and say, I hope you're okay, but rather you meet that need in whatever way you can. And so about a month ago, we did take an offering for UMCOR for the Ukraine, and we uh, sent in $2,000 to UMCOR for the general needs through the United Methodist Church. However, today we are receiving a special offering for some friends in Ukraine who are personal longtime friends of Pastor Michelle. And so she's going to be coming to share with you of that need and we will be sending money and we'll give you an update as to how much we are able to send this week to the Ukraine. So please keep all of those folks in prayer as they're going through so much war and tragedy. Pastor Michelle Beck here from Shades of Grace is going to share with you now. Thank you, Pastor Will. Um, yes, Pete and Anna are long time, well, Pete's a long, long, long time friend of the family. 
Um, he was part of our family. He was part of our first church. We helped support him and sent him to Bible college. Um, he um, s did go through quite a, a, a medical issue when he was in a terrible accident, and he's fully recovered. God's done a miracle in his life. He wasn't supposed to walk or talk or speak or anything, and he's doing all of those things, and he's been doing a lot of ministry in the Ukraine over the years. In two th uh, he would he would uh, be with us every holiday. He lived he lived real near us in upstate New York, and um, I remember he always wanted to sit at the table with my mom. And um, so he is he is part of our family. And in in early 2000, uh, the church that we were all part of, uh, a ministry team went over my husband, my kids, uh, Pete, and a whole group of other people to the Ukraine, and they were there for several weeks. And that's where Pete met Anna. And she eventually came back to the States, and we did her their wedding. And um, so I have a lot of history with these folks, and I've been trying to contact them. I didn't even know that they were in the Ukraine. Apparently, they've been in the Ukraine now over a period of two years because of family issues. Uh, Anna's mom passed away. Her sister passed away. But they remained in the Ukraine this time. They used to just travel back and forth a month or two at a time. Um, and so how God put us back together again, I sent a message on Facebook. I didn't hear from them, didn't hear from them. Um, and the other night, Peter had a dream, and uh, the Lord spoke to his heart about the gypsies and the gypsy camps and the gypsy church in their area. And um, that's always a, a vital ministry there. It's, it's like our homeless ministries here. But also, the refugees are coming to this small area uh, south of the Carpathian Mountains um, near Parachin, and the size of their town has quadrupled in size. Numerous families are living in housing with other people because their own personal homes near Lviv don't even exist anymore from the war and the bombings and everything. So Pete and Anne have been helping and trying to distribute food and supplies and things wherever they can and so Pete had this dream and the next day because of their um, sketchy Wi-Fi service and all that kind of stuff my message came through to him the next day and he called me he borrowed a phone and we talked for a long time on the phone and I mean you know we're all crying and uh, they're safe but they know that no place is really really totally safe they're near the Hungarian border and I told him after conversations with Pastor Will that we would be um, sending a donation over to them so that they could continue to meet the needs of the refugees and the gypsy camp and the gypsy church specifically. And um, so we're just thankful for any of you who are able to make a contribution. It will go directly to them. There's no middleman. They are frugal. They are trustworthy. Um, I, I mean, they're, they're my family. So I appreciate anyone's contribution that you've already made from the Facebook po post and the donation uh, that we'll, we'll take up today, the offering it will take up today. So if you just let me pray for them uh, for a minute, I'd like to do that if you join me in prayer. Lord, we thank you that um, we, we have made connection. <clears throat> thank you for the hand of safety and protection that's on the town where Pete and Anna are living, that they're able to be a safe haven for refugees and others in the community, the homeless community. I just pray that you will um, keep your hand of protection on that country. And they've gone through so much, but we know you have a plan, and we know they're crying out to you. Um, we know that they're, that they're looking to you. And I just ask, Lord, that you will have, um, have a way to end this speedily. And in the meantime, bless Pete and Anna for their... Um, their willingness to stay when they could have gone, they could have left, but they stayed, and they're, um, they're the hands and feet of Jesus there, and that we can be a small part of that. So I thank you for that in Jesus' name. Amen.
Okay, friends, it's so good to be able to share a message with you again, and we are now directly in the middle of the season of Lent, and we're going through the Sundays, weekends of the Lenten season, which is quickly leading us to Holy Week and Easter. So I have been following the lectionary readings pretty closely as far as the Gospel goes in our services for these weeks before Easter. And so in just a moment I'm going to be reading to you and with you from the Gospel of Luke chapter 13. If you'd like to click on that or look it up or Google it or look at your Bible, you might want to read along with me as I share the text for today. But first, I would just like to say again how good it is to be able to come together with you by this virtual means of uh, YouTube and uh, Facebook and um, all, all the other means of the podcast and other ways that we communicate the gospel of our Lord. I would like to share this with you. A friend who has faithfully supported the ministry of Shades of Grace for a long time now with food items and and gifts of love, uh, brought this by a few days ago, and it says, Handmade with Love, and it's a very small vial corked with uh, olive oil. It's her own little recipe of some of the um, ointments that she has mixed in with the oil, and this is uh, anointing oil, and she's moving to Georgia to be with her family members. Uh, someone for whom she's going to be a caregiver who is ill. And she brought this by to let us know that she is praying for us and that as we use this to pray for others, that we will remember the kindness of her and many more who have blessed the ministry here at Shades of Grace. And yes, we do believe in the anointing with oil and the laying on of hands. And the scripture says in the book of James, if there is anyone sick in your midst or among you, let that person who is sick call for the elders of the church and let the elders anoint that person with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith shall save the sick and the Lord shall raise them up. And if they've committed sins, the sins shall be forgiven. And then he goes on to talk about how all of this must be done in faith and love. So if you ever have that request or that desire to be anointed with oil, please come by the church. We're here five days a week. We're here on the weekends and specified hours. But let us know, and you can come by, and we'll be happy to anoint you and lay our hand upon you and pray for you in the name of the Lord. It is biblical, and we do practice that as people request it, okay? So I thought you would enjoy seeing what one of our Facebook congregation members gave to us, who is no longer going to be with us physically here, but will continue to be a part of our virtual congregation. Okay? And we have our Christ candle burning brightly in the building, as you see. And I do hope that today, as we see the Christ candle illuminating the darkness of the world, and as we see the vial of oil reminding us that there is a great physician who loves us, that we will continue our dedication to pray for our world, to pray for one another. The Bible says pray without ceasing, and also to pray especially for the people of Ukraine and for this terrible war that continues to rage. And we need to pray that God will bring an end to all this tragedy and so unnecessary and needless heartache. And so we have hosted a virtual prayer service here at Shades of Grace this past Thursday evening. And you can still look that up on our uh, page, on our Shades of Grace page. And you can still add your prayer request and go there and pray. It's kind of just a place to stop to listen to some of the music of the Ukrainian brothers and sisters in Christ and to offer a time of prayer and thanksgiving to the Lord. So you can still continue to do that. And uh, one other thing, I want you to know that we are worshiping now as a congregation once again. We did miss 
last Saturday because of the snow that came. But uh, this week, it's uh, a beautiful day that the Lord has made, and we had people who gathered here yesterday for worship. We do now worship on Saturday mornings at 10.30. And you can share this with others. Uh, someone asked, and I've told you this before, does that mean we're Seventh-day Methodists? And that was a little play on words. But yes, we are worshiping as a congregation on Saturday mornings. That is our primary worship event. And you can join us. We are, for just a little while longer, continuing the masking and social distancing. We are down now, as I record this, to about the range of six for the positivity rate. And that's the lowest we've had this in as long as I can remember. We thank God that the numbers are decreasing and the hospitalizations are decreasing as well. Speaking of that, we did host our final vaccine clinic here this past Wednesday, and we had two persons who came from off the streets who were vaccinated. And we will no longer be offering the clinic. We have done this every three weeks for the past year, and we're very grateful for the privilege of bringing healing to our world, even in this way. Okay, so there's just some things I wanted to share with you, and I hope you've taken note of all the announcements that were on our um, preview of today's service. And you can always go to our Facebook page, to the podcast, or to YouTube. And we do need more subscribers to our YouTube channel. And so just help us spread the good news that Jesus Christ is the Lord. He is the Lord of the earth. He loves us. He forgives us. And he makes an invitation to every one of us to come and follow him. So having said that, I'm going to read the scripture now that I cited to you a few moments ago from the Gospel of Luke, chapter 13, as our theme for the lectionary reading today. And as I've told you before, one of the great messages of the Lenten season before Easter is repentance. It's repentance, okay? We began that a few weeks ago on Ash Wednesday when we had the mark of the cross, and then we heard those words, From dust we have come, to dust we shall return. Let us repent and believe the gospel. Are you ready? Luke chapter 13, beginning at verse 1. And I'm uh, reading today from the NIV. Now there were some present at that time who told Jesus about the Galileans whose blood Pilate had mixed with their sacrifices. Jesus answered, Do you think that these Galileans were worse sinners than all the other Galileans because they suffered this way? I tell you, no. But unless you repent, you too will all perish. Or what about those 18 who died when the tower in Siloam fell on them? Do you think they were more guilty than all the others living in Jerusalem? I tell you, no. But unless you repent, you too will all perish. Then, after he said this, Jesus told a parable. A man had a fig tree growing in his vineyard. He went to look for fruit on it, but did not find any. So he said to the man who took care of the vineyard, For three years now I've been coming to look for fruit on this fig tree, and I haven't found a single fig. Cut it down. Why should it use up the good earth? Sir, the man replied, leave it alone for one more year. I'll dig around it, and I'll fertilize it. If it bears fruit next year, fine. If not, then cut it down. This is the Gospel reading for today from Luke chapter 13 as we continue the theme of repentance and spiritual growth in the Lord. You see, there were some people in the crowd to whom Jesus was speaking and teaching that day who tried to get Jesus to launch a political attack upon an injustice 
which Pilate had earlier carried out upon some of the worshippers in Galilee. The governor had caused the blood of these worshippers to be mixed with the blood of the sacrifices which would be brought into the temple, and of course we know that would become an abominable thing, that would become detestable, okay? And so this incident that we read about here is not recorded anywhere else in the pages of history. But we do know of other places and situations where Pilate, as the leader of that known world at that time, had caused the people to be killed in the temple. Josephus talks about that. Do you know who Josephus was? He was a first century writer. He recorded a lot of historical events that took place in and around the time of Jesus and a little later. He is not uh, thought to be one of the gospel writers, but he is a writer from a very historical viewpoint. And so Josephus writes about this, and also we think about an article called Archaeology and Pontius Pilate. And you can look that up through Bible History Online, and you can read more about what was going on in that particular time. Josephus talked about the incident in which Pilate spent money from the temple to build an aqueduct. An aqueduct is one of those large, uh, a very large um, channel, uh, a handmade, human-made channel of stone or terracotta or whatever material that channels the water for many, many miles. And it, it's, um, it's an avenue to carry the water, like an above-ground um, irrigation um, pipe, you might say. And so Pilate had used temple money to provide this, and he had soldiers hidden in the crowd of the Jews while addressing them, and when the Jews protested his actions for how he had abused the temple privileges and spent the money for other purposes, then he would give a signal to his soldiers who were incognito, hidden in the crowd, to randomly beat up people, to stage an attack and even take the lives of some of the people in the crowd as a way to try to silence the Jewish petitions that were against them. Maybe to try in some way to prevent an insurrection and protect his kingdom as he knew it to be at that time. And the blood of these particular worshipers who were in the crowd that day had certainly run down on the animals, which would be eventually slaughtered, and their blood would be placed upon the altar, and portions of their body would be burnt as burnt sacrifices. And so Jesus is taking a little bit of history, a little bit of reality, a little bit of uh, things from the political arena of that day, and he is trying to bring the truth to these people in a way that would reveal the kingdom of God and how that this worldly kingdom, no matter how hard we try, no matter how much effort we put into making it a better place, will eventually fail. Where there are kingdoms, they shall rise and fall. And the Bible teaches us that. And every um, account in the history of past nations who once were great civilizations are no longer existent. We see traces of them through archaeological digs and studies, but some of those great civilizations of the world are no more. And so Jesus is talking about history, present, and the kingdom of God in its reality. But he always refrained, he restrained himself from being drawn in to a political discussion of that day. You see, you and I, and I, I say you know, this with all due respect, often in our 21st century way of serving the Lord and living out our faith, get all mixed up, and we sometimes 
um, we mix up scriptures with political viewpoints until we get to the point that sometimes the politics are more important in the lives of people than the gospel of Jesus Christ. That's one thing that I learned early on as a minister of the gospel, as a pastor, as one who is called to feed the sheep and to lead the people. You know, not to fleece the sheep and to not beat the people. You know, is to stay away from politics in the pulpit. And I personally attempt to avoid political discussions uh, anywhere unless uh, only I'm in less a group of two people or so. You know, that's just something that I think, uh, I think it's very important what goes on in the world. But um, when we begin to get on one political platform or another in a public sense of worship, then we will truly alienate 50% of our potential congregation. You know, 50% may love it. Another 50% might say, I'm never going back because I don't want to hear about politics. I hear enough about it from CNN and Fox News and all the others. And so we go to worship. We attend Bible studies. We do all of these public events to learn the scriptures, to hide them in our hearts, to see how Jesus modeled life for us. And if we notice here, Jesus was very careful not to allow himself to be drawn into a hotbed of political ideology and things that would tend to alienate other people and to divide people. And so we all have our viewpoints, but that's something that we don't do from a pulpit. Uh, one thing you will never find discussed in a pulpit where I'm preaching is a political debate. Uh, we will not have uh, bashing of other churches or other denominations or the bashing of anybody regardless of lifestyle or whatever situation they're in. We are here to proclaim the kingdom of God and that that kingdom has come near. And that's it. We are to teach the people. We are to share the message of the gospel and certainly repentance is a great part of that, and that's why we go through the season of Lent. That's what this uh, communication, this narrative is about that I'm sharing with you today. However, that is for our personal discipline as people of faith. You know, I'm not to go out and begin to point out the faults in your life. The scripture clearly says, take the beam out of your own eye before you try to get a splinter out of your brother or sister's eye. We used to sing an old song, and I refer to this a lot, that says it's not my brother, not my sister, but it's me, O oh Lord, who needs to clean up my act. You know, it's me, O oh Lord, who needs to sweep out around my front door and clean up, you know, in the hidden recesses of my heart. You know, God didn't call me to judge anybody. God simply called me to proclaim the scriptures as Jesus did. Jesus did not force the gospel upon anybody. Jesus proclaimed the word. He made the gospel uh, appealing in a way that would cause people to desire uh, what he was talking about. But we all have a mind of our own, and we all have to choose. Going all the way back to the ancient prophet uh, Joshua of the Old Testament. Joshua, who said, Choose you this day whom you will serve. As far as me and my house, yes, we're going to serve the Lord. But you go ahead and serve uh, whomever you wish, whatever God you desire. You know, that's between you and the Lord. But we're here to try to proclaim the kingdom of God in a way that would bring fullness of life, joy, peace, and all the fruits of the Spirit. And Jesus focused upon that. He kept the main thing, the main thing. And you and I need to not be drawn into all these political discussions that only further divide kingdoms, nations, churches. Uh, you know, all it does is tend to create confusion. And I'll give you one verse 
from the scripture that ought to settle that part once and for all, which simply says, God is not the author of confusion, but he is the author of peace and of sound mind and of all things that are good. So keep the main thing the main thing. And Jesus, uh, re he refrained from getting involved in all of that. And he turned the table. You know what I love about Jesus in his preaching and teaching? When people came to him throughout his ministry, as it's recorded in the Gospels, people asked him many questions. And in many, many cases, if not most cases, Jesus answered them by asking them a question. You see, when you need to have an answer, the truth is you already pretty much know what the answer is. You're just wanting someone else to validate what your answer might be. But if you'll search your heart, you already know what Jesus has said about it. So Jesus asked them a question. Do you think that these people from Galilee were any worse sinners than all the others who died simply because they died this way? You see, in asking this, Jesus was putting uh, it back on them. You know, when someone tries to draw you into an argument, just simply put it back on them. You know, the Bible says that Jesus, who is Emmanuel, God with us, uh, the Lord Almighty, uh, in the beginning was the Word. Jesus is the Word. He's the living Word. Uh, it's Jesus whom we uh, follow as a role model and whom to whom we look as a guide and a mentor. And so uh, we kind of go back to what Jesus said about it and find out what he thought about whatever is troubling us. And so in a sense, he was simply saying to them, don't talk to me about those who have already died. I'm not going to say whether they were worse sinners than anybody else or whether they were worse sinners that the, those who were murdered in other ways. He said, what I am going to remind you of is that you're all sinners. And I think I should hear some collective amens on that this afternoon. Jesus was basically saying to the people, don't worry about the people from the past. It's time for you to start thinking about your own relationship with God. You know, there's an old, old song. We've heard it years ago. Some of the old, old gospel records and a blast from the past that says, on that great judgment morning, I'll face nobody's record but my own. And friend, you're not going to face somebody else's record. Be concerned about your own spiritual life. And be concerned about exhibiting the fruits of the Spirit in a godly way, not a judgmental way. You're not going to win anybody to Christ by judging them. You're only going to alienate them and drive them farther and farther away. You may not approve of a whole lot about their life, but let me tell you, that's not for you to decide. All we're called to do is to love people. The Bible says when we judge somebody, that same measure of judgment is going to be turned upon us. So, getting back to that old commandment, do unto others as you wish that they would do unto you. Love one another in all things with love. Have you noticed that every message that I bring, every thought that I share with you, always comes back to love? Do all things in love. For, you know... Whoever says they love one another, the Bible says, and shuts up their bowels of compassion against that brother or sister, how can we even claim that the love of God is in us? And if we can't love people that we see every day, and we try to avoid certain people in a crowd, and we try to, uh, you know, go the long way around uh, not to be in their presence, then that says a whole lot more about us than it does about them. You know, Jesus faced criticism because he loved to hang out with sinners. You know what? There are no other kind of people than sinners. I hate to tell you that. 
there's a song that uh, used to hear sung, and I would even hear this song be criticized from time to time, but it simply said, I'm just a sinner saved by grace. But you know, when it's all said and done, that's the truth. We don't practice sin. You know, we don't wake up every morning and say, boy, let me make a list here and let's go down and see how many sins can I commit today? How many ways can I trespass or transgress the law of love today? We don't do that. But just by living, we fall short. We fail to love. And we miss the mark, which ultimately is all that sin is. Sin isn't about how long or how short your hair is, whether you're wearing makeup or jewelry or whether you're wearing a dress or pants or all these things that people make up in the world today because man is the one who looks upon the outward appearance but God looks on the heart and wow let there be light I must have really said something here that was true because I didn't realize how much I was in darkness until these lights came on and I don't know what's going on here but let there be light. You know, the Bible says the word of the Lord is a light, a lamp to our feet, and a light to our path. And I'm grateful for the illumination that just came upon me and upon this message that I'm sharing here today. Let's take heed. Let's observe. Let's listen. Let's take note that life is more than just a shallow life of existence. Life is abundant. And life is full and blessed. And so we need to start thinking about our own life and our own obligation to repent. Repentance literally means to turn around. You see, the Bible says, and I've been thinking a lot about this, Jesus gave a parable and he said there's more rejoicing in heaven over one man or one woman or one person who repents than over 99 persons who need no repentance. And there are different verses that talk about people who need no repentance. But each of us at some point in our life must deal with the thought and with the reality that yes, I have fallen short and I do need to repent. I need to turn away from that and turn around and simply go a different direction. That's literally all that repentance means. You know, it's kind of like you're driving down the road and you're going uh, toward a river and you begin to see signs along the way that says detour ahead. Uh, maybe bridge washed out ahead. Slow, you know, flashing lights. And then you see someone standing there yelling at you as loud as they can, stop, stop. And then further down the road, you see another person standing there talking to someone and said, don't you think maybe we should have just said bridge washed out instead of stop? You know, maybe people will understand somehow if we just share with them the good news of Jesus and let them know that the road they're traveling on is a dead end road. It's not going to take them anywhere in life. It's going to bring failure. It's going to bring pain. It's going to bring sadness and some kind of destruction and disappointment. So we just need to constantly think about which direction we're traveling on. As the old song says, is this glory road we're traveling on? I'm in the glory land way, the bright and shining way. You know, there is a way that seems right to people. But the end of that way is death. Which road are you traveling on? Get on the glory road and just move toward Jesus. Move toward the light. There is light. There's a blessed light. So to begin to summarize this today and to wind it up, to reinforce what Jesus was saying, he reminded them of that case where some Judeans were killed. There was a tower near the pool of Siloam that had fallen, and 18 people had lost their lives. And they were all from the holy city of Jerusalem. So he seems to be saying to them that it wasn't only those people 
from Galilee, which could have been 60, 70, 100 miles away. It wasn't just those people that died, but it was some of our own who died. You know, there's an old, old question that says, why do good things happen? Or why do bad things happen to good people? And on the other hand, why do good things seem to always happen to some of the, the wicked people? That's a question that's been asked. It's not for us to answer. The rain falls on the just and the unjust. Jesus was simply saying, simply because something happened in your life that brought tragedy or pain or heartache, a life-altering experience, does not mean that you did anything wrong. It doesn't mean that it was any fault of your own. It simply means that we all live in a world that has a whole lot of problems in it. And sometimes the problems that are brought to our doorstep are caused by other people. Sometimes maybe people we love, sometimes maybe people we've never heard of. So it doesn't mean that we are reaping what we sow in that sense. It simply means that that's life. That is the reality of it. Death and sickness do not always come about as a judgment from God. I want you to hear that today. If you don't get anything else from this message today, the thing to consider is whether these people from Galilee and these people uh, from Jerusalem were any greater sinners than anybody else or any less sinners. He simply was trying to say that everybody has sinned. All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. All need to repent, which means to turn around. You've heard that old cliche, turn around, don't drown, right? So if you're on a dead end road, if you're involved in destructive habits, if you're addicted to substances that, is, that are slowly killing you and stealing and destroying your life, then turn around from that. Turn away. Turn around. And stop making those choices. And ask the Lord's help. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. And you can do all things through Christ who gives you strength today. So turn around. Don't drown in self-pity. Don't drown in the pain of disappointment. Don't drown in a financial sea of, of uh, just of impossibilities, you know. Don't, don't drown. Rise above it. Every one of us at some time has been down in the pits. And if you're listening to me and you've never been in the pit, listen, friend, it's not going to be long. We all are going to find ourselves at some point in time down in the pit. It's part of living. You know, we talked a few weeks ago about the mountains and the valleys as we talked about the Mount of Transfiguration. Do you remember that? They had a glorious time up here, but they still had to come down and face the cross and the pain of the crucifixion in Jerusalem. You see, we, we're human beings, and it's up and down, and we fall short. And sometimes we take two steps forward, and we seem to slide three steps back. Have you ever been there? You might be there today. But let me give you some good news. God is no respect of persons. What God has done for one, he will do for another. And David, who was the beloved of the Lord in the Old Testament, who uh, had a heart after God, he said one time, I was down in a horrible pit. Man, I didn't think it. I had to look. Uh, you know, I just, there was nowhere else to look. I was down so deep. I had to look up to even see the bottom. You ever been there? But he said, the good news is, God, but God. Aren't you thankful for that phrase, but God? But Jesus came along. Oh, what a difference since Jesus passed by. I can't explain it. I cannot tell you why. But oh, what a difference since Jesus passed by. And David said, the Lord lifted me up out of that horrible pit. And he put my feet on a solid rock. And he established my ways. Gave me a new path. I turned around. I started going in a different direction. That's called repentance. And that's when he said, there was a song of praise placed in my heart. A song of praise 
to the Almighty Lord, King of Kings, Savior of our life, Redeemer of this world, Lover of our soul. God loves you today, dear friend. Don't let anybody judge you. Don't let anybody put you down. You trust Jesus Christ because Jesus loves you. Jesus says you are made in his image and in his likeness, and he has the final word. I want to tell you that Jesus has a final word, and he said you are my friend if you do the things that I commanded you to do. Not what everybody else told you to do, but what I commanded you to do. And the only thing that I can find when it's all said and done, that Jesus commanded that we must do, and that is to love the Lord our God with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love the Lord as we love ourselves. And when you do that, I promise you, things are going to begin to get better. Well, the light has begun to dim one more time. Uh, anyway, friend, thank you for joining me this day, and I hope that you enjoy our worship service this afternoon with the music, the prayers, the singing, and uh, just pray that God will bless you. So let me pray with you, okay? And feel free to type in the timeline of our ministry today, your prayer request. If it needs to be anonymous, then leave it as unspoken. But we do want to continue to pray for all of our friends who are trying to adjust to a new reality without the folks they love. And we think about Sherry's family, Tabby's family. Uh, we think about Shorty's family. Uh, we do so many funerals here, I can't even begin to name the people. The ones that we've done just recently for um, Waylon and his mom Debbie and the loss of Jerry just two weeks ago. For Faye and her family and the loss of Charlie Weaver just a short time ago. And so many, many more. We just pray that God will give you that peace that only God can give. And keep looking to Jesus. Let's pray. Lord, we give you honor, praise, and glory. We thank you for your mercies that are new every morning. We thank you for your glory. We thank you for love. We thank you for acceptance and forgiveness. And we thank you for the diversity in the body of Christ, where each of us is uniquely and differently created in the image and likeness of God to show forth the glories of God in a beautiful landscape of life. We give you thanks, Lord, in Jesus' name. And wherever you are, will you say, Amen. God bless you, friend.